is up. What's good, everybody? Yes, How you guys doing, man? Good to be back at it. The weekend is here, man. No doubt, dude. No doubt, man. Tell me, man, how had how have things been in Texas? I heard you uh, had a visit from your in-laws. Oh, yeah. All good, man. Good. All good. Um, not as hot as it used to be, so that's fine. We'll go with nice, that. Man. Um, so what we got, man? When does this season get cracking, bro? I mean, it's so close. Yeah, it's. Uh, I sent you pictures the other pre-season, day. October 9th. We're talking about what, Dave? That's preseason right there, baby. October 9th against the Spurs. We've got uh, a couple couple weeks, I think, from there. Yeah, about a little less than two weeks, guys. Yeah. I hope you all are ready for this shit. <laughs> yes, dude. So cannot wait, man. Man, I like. I, I think that's where it's a good place to start about this episode is kind of getting an understanding of what Shea's going to do this year. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, Shea, at 25 years old, I think he's going to be 24 and 25 this season. Um, he's going to turn 25 during the season. So, um, you know, utilizing that aspect and trying to go back to the history of the game and understanding, you know, some of the great scores of the game. Um, I, I, I really wanted to understand, and, and not just that, but offense efficiency, shooting efficiency, defensive um, aspect that he brings. And so yeah. um, I just wanted to do some teardowns of some greats. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. Under 25 years old, there's not a, a ton, like a, a shit ton of players that have scored more than 31 points a game under 25 you know like it's you know lebron james did it in 2005 2006 i think he was uh 21 or 22 he's a freak of nature um rick barry did it his um 23rd uh uh, when he was 23 years old in uh 1966 i think it was my point about that is is that if you think about rick barry and i think he did like 36 points a game or something around that like that was insane so if you think about the way that you know, Shea has continued to get better every single year. Um, I, I don't think it's one of those things to to put out of context that I, you know, maybe he gets up to 35, 34 points a game on um, this this year. Um, if he does, again, that's elite level under 25 years old. You got to keep that going up. Um, I like to see that. Um, shooting efficiency as far as two pointers um, go, you got to, you know, put him right in that, that um, 1984, 1985 season with Magic Johnson. Um, he shot uh, 56% um, from two-pointers. You know, um, Shea shot 53 last last year. I'm telling you, it's going to be better this year. Um, you know, you got to look at uh, three-point uh, percentage. And, you know, his 35 wasn't exactly that great. But if you put him back in the 90s and he shot 35% from three, that would have been fucking elite. Um, it been definitely good enough to, to keep um, your coach happy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like There wasn't a lot of volume being shot. Yeah, yeah. So... For me, I look at that and I'm like, okay, you know, not so bad. So, um, you know, for us, from the context, you know, I want to throw out there, like, this is Steph Curry. He was shooting 43% uh, his uh, 2009, 2010, um, 2010 season. So you guys can kind of see the context there uh, of age and uh, percentage on three points. So, it, you know, that will come up. I think with Shea this next year, I think we'll, he'll get closer to 40%, uh, 38%. Uh, for three, which will be great. And I think you'll see him take a much higher volume of threes as well, because I think that's one te- uh, way that teams are going to try to attack him is try to force him to three or shoot threes, which I think will be a huge mistake. Uh, and then you're looking at free throws percentage. And the fact is, is that 91% from free throw last year is is truly elite, especially for under 25 years old. 
Uh, Chris Paul uh, shot 86%, almost 87% in 2008-2009 season um, under 25. So again, these stats you want to see in circle because it's only going up from here. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy too because it's like, I feel like some people still are not aware of the level of game shape plays. Like, you can take it on a historical level, but it's also like just on a a night to night basis, like the individual dominance, like you can listen to the opposing announcers like we do. And you, and you realize everybody in the arena knows what Shay's showing up to do. Yeah. And he still does it at such a high level that he ends up being first team all NBA. And like you said, he's, he's still a baby when it comes to like entering your prime. Yeah. What's up, Shane. And, and I, I want to throw this out here for the next one, playmaking and defense. Really, I, I struggled with the assist aspect because Shea really plays um, shooting guard a lot, mm-hmm. uh, more so than point guard. Um, but really, as far as that goes, he's elite already um, in assists. So I wanted to show you in context what a point guard would look like, a great point guard um, in this uh, um, 1987-1988. John Stockton averaged almost 14 assists a game. I'm not comparing him to that. I'm just giving you guys a context of what uh, one of the greats would be doing at the point guard position. The fact that Shea plays shooting guard is kind of the key there. Um, His steals, I want to throw out there, 1.6 a game this last year is is pretty crazy. I think he can get up to two. That would put him in the conversation of, you know, people will laugh, but Allen Iverson was a, a much better defender than a lot of people understand. He averaged 2.3 steals well, a game um, we'll ca- in 1980 we'll or 1998-99 season. We'll call him a um, a rust style defender, where it's a it's either a layup on one end or an open shot for the team on the other. Like it, you can get steals and still be a bad defender. Let's put it like I, that. Well, and 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 if you look at it too, Shea hysteria. Uh, um, if you look back at Shea's plays that he's made on steals, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like he goes for the home run sometimes and he misses and the other team gets a layup. I'm not comparing that, but when uh, I went into like understanding, do that as much as like he, not he, as much anymore as like Iverson. Iverson that was yes. like play a Iverson passing was lane. piece for family with that. Hey, play pay a play a passing lane at the top of the key, and if you're out of position, then the whole defense is naked. That sure. that's that's like a big and, and here's the thing about Shea too is he stands behind. Like he right. gets a lot of uh, you know cross-court passes that are steals. And that's, again, another reason why I, I put Iverson in this conversation is because there's certain things that I look at. I'm like, okay, if Shea just does this better, he'll get to that point where it's two, two and a half steals a game. Mm-hmm. You know, again, putting him in some, you know, crazy levels. And then blocks, 2004, 2005 season for Miami Heat, Dwayne Wade averaged 1.1. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne Wade, everybody knows, was an elite defender in the block aspect. So I look at like this is that if he continues to get better there and continues to see the improvements there that we like to see, these are other stats that we can move. And why do I bring up the greats when I talk about Shea? Is because when we're talking about Shea, we shouldn't compare him to the average player anymore. Uh, I'm telling you guys, he's going to be a great. And we need to start looking at the history of the game as he's going through his career and starting to look at the context of what's happening and what will happen with Shea. And that's why I get excited about, you know, talking about Shea in these aspects. Yeah. And Shane said it. He said, Shea is already elite and only getting better. So Only better. That's where you start, like, looking at it. Because right now, if he just maintained where his career is at and he just maintained that level of skill for an extended period of time, like, he really is great. Like, he is 
going to be one of the greats. But if he's still getting better, then it's really it becomes difficult to project where he'll end up because like my brain gets fuzzy when you get into that top 15. Sure. Like 20. Like, sure, maybe there's a big difference between number 20 and number 10. I, but I think if time. you're I think if you're a top 20 shooting guard or top 20 point guard or top 20 power forward of all time, I think you have to be looked at as one of the greats. You could even extend that even to the top 30 because that still puts you in leap number. It doesn't matter if you're sitting around 200 other people, you know, like that's to me is like the premier aspect of the game. And I, and I think with Shay's abilities and, and when I, when I say this, like I truly look at Shay's leadership style and his versatility to be able to play point guard and shooting guard that really highlight what he's going to be able to do in his career because as he gets older and he has to shift in different places and in different places because he's slower, this or that, he's one of those guys that can play until he's almost 40 years old. And when you do that, you have this ability to stay on the court. His IQ is elite. And the way that he's able to package everything together, man, I mean, he is not a normal player. And that's why I'm going to continue to say this year, people need to start recognizing early on that he is going to be a leader in the MVP voting early on because people are going to recognize what he's able to do. Everybody's going to get over this whole Damian Lillard and uh, Giannis um, idea because when they see Shea and what he's able to do out there and dominate, like he's going to be able to dominate, people are going to have to take a step back and be like, how does Shea become the best player in the league? It's not going to be a shocker to us that are listening to Mark and I that are friends. Like that's not a shocker to you guys, but it will be a shocker to the rest of the world because they haven't seen Shea because they haven't taken the time to put Shea on national television. That's true, man. And then you mix in the chat factor, like Gerald was talking about. Like, this is a crazy roster. You mix in J-Dub. I mean, I love J-Will. Like, I, I can't wait to see what he came back better at. What's up, Gerald? Like, Shane. This is great, man. I'm, I can't not? explain how excited like, I am. But it's I, also, like, different because this year it's, like, I'm a little tired from FIBA. So Bro. I have this like intense excitement about it. Got to have it. I'm a little hungover. But think about this, man. I, I talked to my friend and I won't, I won't say which friend I talked to the other day. Um, but when I said that I thought the Oklahoma City Thunder was going to be a championship caliber team and could win the championship this year and people need to take them serious. He said I was being premature, right? Premature ejaculator. It, was, it wasn't necessarily a premature towards me, but it was a premature in the aspect of what I was saying. And I, I snapped at him and I feel so bad. I snapped at him because he didn't deserve it. He was just saying his opinion. But my point about that is that like, I look at it and I say like, I want this team to be recognized as one of the best teams in the league. And then I went into the West. Right. And I started looking at the West and I started saying, where does this team stack up against this team? Like, could we be better than the Denver Nuggets this next year? Could we be better than the Lakers? Could we be better than, and, and I started going through it. I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? Yes. Yes, we could be. Yes, we could be better than these teams. Why? Because it's not just, it's not just Shea. It's not just J-Dub, who I think could be considered an all-star caliber player this next year. I it's agree. not just Chet. It's not just Josh Giddy, who again, I think could be an all-star caliber player this next year. Mm-hmm. It's not just those guys. It's the length of the bench that we have. I mean, that, it just keeps going and going and going. And everybody's going to be fighting for playing time. Everybody's going to want that more than the next guy. 
And that's what's exciting to me is because when you get these guys all together and they say, I fucking want this right now, guess what happens? Winning happens. And then you get to the playoffs and then all these guys got extra rest. Like let's just say Shea gets an extra two minutes a game, right? And he plays 75 games and he gets an extra two minutes a game of rest just because of our players that we have. That fucking adds up, guys. That adds up to what? Like uh, almost two games throughout the entire season? Three games? Four games? Like that's my point is that it adds up so much that people have to take a step back and be like, that's what the Thunder are doing. Yeah. And then you take a step back and you say coaching aspect. Do we have one of the best coaching staffs in the league? Yes. Not only that, but we're young. That means we're super energetic. And that's not a diss on them. You know, then you look at the, the, the GM. Like, is, is Sam willing to do whatever it takes to, for this team to win a championship? Hell yeah. And if he thinks his teams couldn't win a championship, it's been proven in the past. He's pulled the trigger on Paul George. He's pulled the trigger on other guys like that. He will pull the trigger and get us a player that we need on this team if we need it. And then you start looking at the rest of it. Do we have, do we have, you know, draft picks to be able to trade? Yes. Do we have young assets to be able to move around? Yes. Do we have cap space? Yes. Like we have every aspect this year going for us. So instead of us trying to say it's premature this year, why can't we as super fans think that this is the year to start really getting into it? We should. We shouldn't be like these other podcasts that are saying that we'll be lucky if the Oklahoma City Thunder make the playoffs. Like, fuck that shit, guys. Don't listen to it. Turn that shit off. I think, I've been thinking about this a lot, but I think there's a lot of fans from the first round of Thunder greatness. And yeah, I know we didn't win a championship, but look, we saw pure greatness. I don't care what the fuck anybody says. Um, I think they, they felt like they would never grow up. I think they felt like that they lived in Neverland. And, they, and then guess what? The Thunder went through a rebuild. They all went and started having kids. And now life has gotten to the point where they can't really like love the Thunder the same way they used to. And they can't really spend money on tickets anymore because now they have to buy diapers. And they can't really spend money on cable because they have to buy formula. And like all these incredible fans over the years, guess what? There's turnover. Yeah. There's turnover, man. It's churn. That's what we call it, man. And there's a brand new group of fans that are like, fuck that. These spoiled brats, they grew up with one of the greatest teams of an era. And all they can do is sit around and whine because they didn't win a championship. Fuck them, dude. We get to define what the fans think the game is about from now on as new fans. And trust me, I want a championship just as bad as anybody else. I mean, it crushed me when we didn't win one. Mm. But I don't look back at those years and say like, oh, well, that was wasted or what was it worth? I know what it was worth. I know what it was like to go to Mm. foreign countries and see people wearing OKC on their shirt. And that's going from a time where you felt like nobody even knew what Oklahoma was outside of the States. And you go around and it's a worldwide phenomenon. And yeah, it was the players that brought that. But what the spoiled brats don't realize is we got the players again and they're just waiting for a KD or a Russ. And guess what? They ain't coming back. But you know who's here right now? Goddamn Shay, Chet, J-Dub, and Josh Giddy and, and the gang, bro. The whole motherfucking gang. Fucking stop comparing this team and the players that we had to the team that we had before. It's hard to do. 
But I'm telling you guys, you'll be disappointed every single time because yeah. this team is a different structure. It's a different way of looking at basketball than we've ever seen before. And as fans, we have to just jump in. We have to just soak that to. shit, bro. And what you did was so important, man. You're like talking about Shea and comparing him to other people. Like, you know what every single Thunder fan I hear like they want to do? They want to compare Shea to KD. Oh, he's not as good of a scorer as KD. Like, shut the fuck up with that shit, dude. You know how many scores are as good as KD? One. Okay? So get the fuck out of here. And you know what? Shea is as elite at what he does as KD was at what he did. Okay? So if you can't see that, then you're just, you got one thing you want. And you know what? That's fine, but it's not what I want. I want want great basketball on every level for many, many decades to come. I mean, that's why we, I mean, my my dumb-dumbs, guys. My father, like he's an elected politician, and I showed him um, the episode where we said uh, Mayor Holt for president, right? Because I'm serious, guys. Anybody who supports the Thunder at the level like that, then you're our friend. Yeah. And if if you don't, that's cool, man. But we're, we're just not cool with each other. That's all. Uh, it's it's about it's about understanding that Oklahoma City and the Thunder has has brought Mark and I and all of you guys together. It's synonymous to what we are, who we are. And you take Oklahoma City factor out of it, and it takes something out of it. And to us, the most important thing is to make sure that Oklahoma City and the Thunder keep staying together. Because I want my grandkids to be able to go to Oklahoma City and be like, yeah, my dad had a podcast about this. You know, like, my granddad had a podcast about this team. So it's all about the growth, man. It's all about that growth. So we appreciate every single one of you guys. We'll be back uh, next week. We're going to take the, the weekend off yet again. We enjoy hanging out with our families. So we will see you guys next week, guys. Love you, Wash, Gerald, Shane, everybody else. Thanks for joining us. We love you guys.